When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. As some of you know, we moved into a new house. I've been getting to know the neighbors slowly. There's a family with three boys who push their scooters to the bus stop every morning, and then those boys zip down the hill, coming home after school. There's a neighbor with three dogs, and when they go walking, all the dogs seem to know where they're going, and it's never the same direction as the other dogs. Then there's the single mother with a son, who seems to be everywhere all at once. The boy's about 18, maybe 16, I'm not sure, I can't really tell, but he likes to ramble. I've seen him walking around the neighborhood all the time, helping shovel sidewalks, looking at trees, petting dogs. He's just curious about everything. The other day, I was walking to get the mail, and I could hear him and his mother having a bit of an argument. She was upset because he had sold their car for, and you you won't believe this, three beans. I could hear her list of reasons why this was one of the most ridiculous things he had ever done. Drifting out the window one after the other, these reasons she shouted and then she got to, and for the 45th reason, we don't even garden! And with that, she threw the beans out the window and they fell into the snow. The first teller for this episode is Joanne Piazzi. Joanne has been telling stories professionally since 1996. She has an MA in the Creative Arts and Education from Lesley University. She's a member of the Seacoast Storytellers and Lanes. The material she uses in her performances is often original, sometimes traditional, and always fun. This is her telling, The Real Princess and the Pea. Once upon a time, in a land far, far away, there lived a prince named Reggie. Prince Reggie was handsome, with curly hair and big, deep dimples that showed when he smiled. Only, Prince Reggie didn't smile very often. The truth was, Prince Reggie pouted a lot. He was a spoiled brat, plain and simple. Whenever he wanted something, he would stick out his lip, fold his arms, stomp his feet, and scream, "'I want it now!' Now, this never worked for me, and I'm sure it doesn't work for you. But whenever Reggie would scream, I want it now! The king and queen would hurry to get it for him, just to make him be quiet. Well, one day, Prince Reggie decided that he wanted to get married. He went to the king and queen and told them that he wanted a bride. Yes, Reggie dear, said the queen. Now, what kind of bride do you want? I want a princess, pouted Reggie. "'Well, of course you'll marry a princess,' said the king. "'But what kind of princess do you want?' "'A real princess,' said Reggie. "'She must be beautiful. "'She must have lots of money, pretty clothes. Uh, "'She must be smart and talented and—' "'Yes?' asked the king and queen. "'She must be sensitive,' yelled Reggie. "'Sensitive,' asked the queen, as the king wrote it on the list. 
what do you mean by sensitive? Oh, mother, don't ask so many questions. Just get me a real princess. Okay, Reggie, they said. We'll get started on it first thing Monday morning. Monday morning, hollered Reggie, pouting furiously. I want my princess, he stomped, and I want her now. Oh, certainly, Reggie, darling, certainly, said the king and queen, hurrying from the room with their list. They immediately sent the royal criers out to announce all over the kingdom that the prince was looking for a princess to be his bride. That afternoon, a long line of princesses stood outside the castle door. They were all beautiful, and all had lots of money and wore beautiful clothes. The king and queen came up with a test to see if they were smart and talented. They asked each one to sing the alphabet song. The first princess began, A, B, C, D, E, F, G... "'Thank you, thank you very much,' said the king, waving her out the door. And to the queen he said, "'Phew, she was smart enough, girl, but she sings like a bullfrog. "'Next!' The next princess sang, "'A, B, C, D, E, M, T, P, W, S, V, "'Thank you, that will do, thank you,' said the king, pushing her out the door. "'Wow,' said the queen, "'quite a lovely voice, but boy, was she wrong about the alphabet.' The third princess came in. The king asked her to sing the alphabet song. She opened her mouth and sang, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Lovely, lovely, said the king. Have a seat over here, my dear. The king and queen interviewed all of the princesses in the line. They asked each one to sing. They heard some who sang like sandpaper, some who sang like whistling tea kettles, and some who didn't know which letter came after A. At last they had three princesses to introduce to the prince. They knocked on Prince Reggie's door. "'Come in!' he yelled. "'You better have my princess with you!' "'Look, Reggie, dearest, look what Mummy and Daddy have brought you!' And they paraded in the three rich, beautiful, smart, songbird-like princesses. Reggie sat on his throne with his arms crossed over his chest, pouting. "'Okay, so you're all beautiful and rich and you have pretty clothes. And listen to this, said the queen. Ready, girls, and a one, and a two, and a three. And the princesses sang A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Okay, okay, pouted Reggie. So you're all smart and you sing like songbirds. But are you sensitive? The king and queen just looked at each other. This was the part they had forgotten about. "'but the princesses were smart. "'The first princess approached the throne. "'Your Highness, I have seen the Lion King 247 times, "'and I cry every time when Mufasa dies. "'Ha!' scoffed Reggie. "'You call that sensitive?' "'The second princess approached the throne. "'Your Highness,' she curtsied. "'One time my best friend stuck her tongue out at me, "'and I cried for six whole days. "'Only six days?' laughed Reggie. "'That's hardly what I'd call sensitive.' The third princess approached the throne. Uh, your Highness, she said. One day I looked at a poison ivy plant through the window and I broke out in a rash all over my body. Ha! <laughs> snorted Prince Reggie. A rash indeed. None of you are real princesses. I just knew it. Mother, father, get these girls out of here. I want a real princess and I want her now. The king and queen sent the poor princesses home. They could hear Reggie stomping his feet and throwing his toys around his room. He refused to come out, not even to eat supper. Finally, the castle grew quiet, and all they could hear was the rain on the roof and soft snoring coming from behind Reggie's door. In the middle of the night, there was a knock on the door of the castle. 
The king and queen put on their royal fuzzy slippers and went to answer it. There, in the pouring rain, stood a princess. "'Well, it's about time,' said the princess. "'Are you going to leave me out here to drown, or what?' "'No, of course not,' said the king. "'Please, dear, come in.' The princess came inside. Even soaking wet, you could tell that she was beautiful and rich. Her expensive gown was ruined. She picked up the hem and wrung it out onto the floor. "'You would think,' she said, "'that if you were looking for a real princess, "'you would at least have the courtesy to send a carriage. "'Just look at me. "'Well, don't just stand there looking at me. "'Get me a towel. I'm a mess.' "'Of course,' said the queen, hurrying away. When she came back with the towel, she could hear the girl singing the alphabet song. Her beautiful voice filled the castle with music like angels. "'Well, I didn't come here to audition for Broadway,' said the princess. "'Do I get to meet the prince or not?' "'Of course,' said the queen, first thing in the morning. "'No sense in waking Prince Reggie now. "'I'll just make up the guest room for you in a jiffy.' As she passed through the kitchen, the queen stepped on something sharp. Under her big fuzzy slipper, there was a black-eyed pea. This gave the queen an idea. She picked up the pea and took it to the bedroom with her. She put the black-eyed pea on the bed frame, and then she piled up the twelve mattresses from all of the guest rooms on top of it, and then on top of that she piled on twelve thick goose-down quilts and six fat feather pillows. They helped the princess up onto the bed. Ugh! Good night, they said. In the morning, the king and queen and Prince Reggie were having breakfast when the princess entered the dining room. Reggie took one look at her and stopped complaining about his oatmeal. This was the most beautiful princess he had ever seen. "'Did you sleep well, dear?' asked the queen. "'No,' grumbled the princess. "'I hardly slept a wink all night. There was something hard in that bed. I think I am bruised all over. Look what I found under my mattress!' And she held up the pea for everyone to see. "'She's the one I want!' yelled Reggie. "'She's the princess I want for my bride!' And from the look on the princess's face, it was clear that she felt the same way about Reggie. "'Great!' said the king. "'We'll have the wedding tomorrow.' "'Tomorrow?' said the princess and Reggie. "'No, we want to have a wedding, and we want it now!' "'Okay,' said the queen. "'We'll get things ready immediately.' The wedding ceremony was performed, and after the toasting and feasting were done, Prince Reggie and his bride rode off for their very own castle, both of them complaining all the way. They were miserable together for the rest of their lives, but the king and queen lived happily ever after. The fairy tale sponsor for this episode is Cowardly Lion Courage Drops. Don't let life be the boss of you. Pop a drop and stand up for yourself. Whether you're feeling intimidated by a math test or a prickly co-worker, these courage drops are guaranteed to give you the boost you need to pick up that pencil and speak for yourself. Made by the formerly Cowardly Lion and the Wizard of Oz, these drops are made out of baby's first steps, the wind of a roller coaster, and sweetened with the feeling of accomplishment you get when you finish that task you've been putting off for three days that took you five minutes to do. If you are needing extra strength courage drops, they put an extract of tax preparation and the stumbling words of a marriage proposal so you can conquer whatever causes you to quake. Cowardly Courage Lion Drops. Pop a drop and find your inner lion. On this episode, we'd like to give a shout out to Mia, who is 11 and is almost 12, and we are happy she is a listener of the podcast. We on the podcast want to wish her a wonderful 12th year and predict three good things. On this year, 
She will have a big surprise she didn't expect. She will make a new friend that she will keep all her life, and she will eat something every month that makes her smile. We hope that Mia finds magic around every corner and while listening to the podcast. We do appreciate all our listeners and patrons. You're the sprinkles on top of our happiness cupcake. Well, it wasn't my business to snoop about how the argument between my neighbor and her son had gone, but the next day I went for a walk and wouldn't you know it? Those three beans had sprouted up into some of the biggest beanstalks I had ever seen in my life. They seemed to reach up into the clouds without any trellis support. I was so shocked, and as a gardener, so curious, I walked right over to their door and knocked. My neighbor opened the door, and all the questions I had left my head. Her eyes were red and watery, and it was clear she had been crying. Before I could even ask what was wrong, the story tumbled out. Her son had climbed up the beanstalk, and she didn't know if it was safe, if she should call the authorities or a local gardening club. He had been texting her from the top, wherever the top was, saying he'd found a mansion and he was going to go in, but every time she tried to call him, he let it go to voicemail. I made tea and sat with her while she wrung her hands with worry and we talked round and round the options. I suppose we talked through our options too long and it must have been early afternoon that her son burst through the door and you won't believe it, he had a sack of gold. Parents out there can imagine the emotions that crossed his mother's face upon seeing him. She looked like she'd cry or laugh. She didn't care about the gold in his hands because all she wanted was to hug him. And that's just what she did as she told him that if he ever did something like that again, she might just have to lock him in his room forever. I uh, stepped back from this somewhat tender moment and excused myself. Her son stopped me for just a moment and with excellent manners said he appreciated me sitting with his mother. I told him it was the neighborly thing to do and I was glad he was back and wouldn't be doing anything like that again. But then I saw the look in his eye when he said he had seen a goose up there that laid golden eggs. As I walked home, I cleared my calendar for the next few days and ordered some soothing tea to be delivered that evening. I figured I'd be spending a little more time with that neighbor very soon. The second teller for this episode is Priscilla Howe. You've heard much of this wonderful teller, and she tells incredible stories. I'm a patron of hers via Patreon, and she has given me permission to share some of her lovely work. But I must be honest, I don't share the entire story with you. Each of her stories on her Patreon comes with a lovely bedtime meditation right afterwards, and that's the part I don't include in this show. If you're curious about her bedtime stories and soothing sleepy time meditations, do go check her out. In this episode, she's telling the princess who was turned into a mouse. Hi, everybody. It's Priscilla with another bedtime story. I'd like to tell you a French story called The Princess Who Was Changed Into a Mouse. The French king and queen had a baby a little girl, and they loved her. Oh, she was such a happy baby. She smiled and gurgled and laughed, but they made a mistake. When it came time for the christening, they didn't invite all the fairies. One of them was left out, and she put a curse on that baby. That baby will turn into a mouse until such time as someone makes my sister laugh. Her sister had never laughed in her entire life, 
It was not long after the christening that, indeed, the princess turned into a mouse. Her parents loved her still. They made a nice little nest for her. They got her princess clothes sized for a mouse. And sometimes the queen would take the little princess mouse out when she went to visit the people. And sometimes the king would take the princess mouse to his councils. The princess mouse grew up to be quite beloved. It happened that France and Spain were having a war. And the king of France said, I must go to war now. His daughter, the mouse, said, Father, take me with you. Please, take you with me. How can I keep you safe? I will sit between the ears of your horse, and you can see me at all times. Take me with you, please. Oh, he loved his daughter, and so he took her. They arrived at the battlefield, and the little daughter, the little princess mouse, began to sing. She sang such a beautiful song that the prince of Spain put down his weapons and called for all his men to put their weapons down. What is that beautiful song? He approached the king of France. Where is that song coming from? The king of France said, It is my daughter singing. And he gestured at his beautiful mouse princess daughter. That is your daughter? What a lovely voice she has. What a beautiful spirit. May I, may I ask for her hand in marriage? The king of France laughed and he said, You would like to marry my daughter, though you know she's a mouse. I would marry her no matter what, the king of France said. Then you must ask her yourself. My lady, will you marry me? And the mouse princess put out her little paw and touched the prince's hand. She said, yes, I will marry you. And the war was over, just like that, and the two were married. The king of Spain that prince's father, was old and wanted to give up the throne. He called his three sons. He said, I am going to give up the throne, and my eldest son will become the king. But the middle son said, Father, he is going to be the king of France, after all, when his wife's father dies. Why not let one of us be the king of Spain? You could give us a challenge. Oh, a challenge. I like a challenge, the king said. I like a challenge. Yes, Uh, here's the challenge. You must, in eight days, you must bring me the finest cloth you can find. The three sons left, and they went looking for the finest cloth. The eldest, who was married to the mouse princess, told her all about it. She said, oh, leave it to me. Leave it to me. I'll take care of it. On the seventh day... Her husband went to her and said, Do you have the finest cloth? Yes, I do. I have made it for you myself with all of my heart. It is in this box. And she gave him a box that was no bigger than a pack of cards. He knew that he would not be the king of Spain, but he didn't mind because he loved his mouse wife. He took the box to his father. He let his brothers go first. One of them had beautiful silk and the other had the finest velvet. And then the eldest gave his father that little box. The other two sons laughed, but the king opened it up and pulled out the finest cloth anyone had ever seen. It was as fine as spider's web, 
and he pulled and pulled and pulled that cloth out of the box. There was so much of it. It was so beautiful. It was fine, but very strong and quite beautiful. This is the finest cloth of all. You will be the king, my son. But the other two sons said, Father, give us one more challenge. Let us bring our wives so you can see how beautiful they are in comparison one to the other, and you will choose which one of us will be the king by seeing which of our wives is the most beautiful. Well, that is another idea. Yes, let us do that. Come in eight days' time. The eldest son went back to his wife, the mouse princess. He looked so sad. She said, Did not the king find my cloth to be the most beautiful? Oh, yes, my father did find it to be the most beautiful, but there is another challenge. We are to take our wives before my father, and he will decide which is the most beautiful. And for me, you will always be the most beautiful, but I am afraid that my brothers will laugh at you. I am afraid they will mock you. I don't care if they mock me, but I do not want them to mock you. I love you too much for that. She said, don't you worry. Don't you worry about it. You take me anyway. But at this he said no. He would not take her before his father. The day came. The prince kissed his little mouse wife goodbye. He knew he would not be the king. But he didn't mind, for he had such a beautiful princess mouse of a wife. Off he went to meet his father with his brothers and their wives. One had a wife who was the princess of Turkey. The other had a wife who was the princess of Portugal, and they were both beautiful, beautiful women. In the meantime, the princess mouse went to a shepherdess she knew. Please catch that big red rooster and make a little bridle and a saddle for me to wear out of bark. I will give you this purse of gold. And the shepherdess caught the rooster, made a bridle and a saddle, and the princess mouse got on the back of the rooster and began to ride as fast as she could toward the king's castle. But it had rained a lot, and there was a little stream that crossed the road, and the rooster didn't want to get his feet wet, and so he backed up, and the princess pushed him on, go, 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 but the rooster backed up and then went forward and back, and pretty soon the rooster was going in circles, trying not to get his feet wet. This happened right outside the house of the two fairies, the one who had never, ever laughed, and the one who had put the curse on the princess in the first place. And the one who had never laughed looked down and saw a little mouse in a princess dress riding a rooster. And the rooster was going in circles, and she just could not help herself. She began to smile, and then she began to giggle, and then she began to chortle, and then she began a full-out laugh and laugh and laugh. Her sister said, Oh, little princess, just in the nick of time, you will be changed back into a human. And just like that, the princess mouse was a beautiful young woman. The fairy made that rooster into a fine white horse and gave the princess a beautiful carriage. The princess 
was quite surprised to see that she was now a human, but she rode on as fast as she could to catch up with her husband. He was riding not so fast toward his father's castle. The princess rode up next to him and said, Get in my carriage. Come, get in my carriage. We'll go together. The prince said, Who are you? Don't you know me? Don't you recognize my voice? I was under an enchantment. My father told me long ago that it was probably an unhappy fairy who had made me into a mouse. I am back to myself as a human. Come, come. And at that, the prince jumped into her carriage, and they went together to the castle. And they held hands as they went in. The two other brothers were shocked to see this beautiful woman. They were expecting the mouse. Of course, the king decided right then and right there that the eldest son would be the king. And there were great celebrations, huge celebrations, with feasting and laughing and drinking and talking and dancing. The princess put a drop of something in her own glass and on her own food. It was just a little crumb of the food on the plate. But when she danced, pearls and flowers fell from her feet. The other two wives saw this, and they were jealous, very jealous. The next night there was more feasting, and they took little bits of the food and put them in their own glasses, on their own plates. But when they began to dance... Oh, no pearls and no flowers. No, there were sauces and gravies and bits of meat that fell from their feet. And what happened? Oh, the dogs of the castle came running in and yipped and barked and nibbled at all of that food. And the king of Spain was so displeased, he sent those princesses away with their husbands. And the princess mouse and her husband soon were queen and king. And that's the story. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Joanne Piazzi on the web and Priscilla Howe at PriscillaHowe.com or on Patreon. Tell them you love their stories and want to hear more. If you have questions or comments for the podcast, send them to storystorypodcast at gmail.com. If you send us an email, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. The inspiration behind the fairy tale sponsor was The Cowardly Lion and the Wizard of Oz and the tax prep that I had to do a weekend or two ago. Good luck to all of you who still have yet to do it. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was Mia, our listener, who enjoys the story Jack and the Beanstalk. I'm still looking for somebody who might tell the story on the podcast, but I hope that the true fairy tale tided you over for a little bit. The music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You'll hear more stories soon, but until then, live happily ever after. Mary-Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, 
Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. The second teller for this episode is Priscilla Howe. Meow, you. Meow. <laughs> Don't know what that sound was. <laughs>